Albert Einstein, Richard Branson, Bill Gates, John F. Kennedy, Tony Robbins, Michael Phelps, Will Smith. That sounds like a list of highly successful titans in a variety of industries. What else do they have in common? Well, they all have ADHD, but you don't hear much about that, do you? You know what you hear even less about? The successful women navigating ADHD. And that's exactly why I started this podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women. I'm your host, Tracy Otsuka. I'm an attorney, not a doctor, a lifelong student, not a coach. I'm also the creator of Cortography, a patent-pending system that helps people like you figure out what they should do with their life. And we're here today to talk ADHD, your superpowers, your symptoms, your workarounds, and how you proudly stand out instead of trying to fit in. I credit my ADHD for some of my greatest superpowers. And you know what? I spy a happier life for you too. So without further ado, a shiny new episode is starting now. Tracy Atsuka, and I want to welcome you to episode three of ADHD for Smartass Women. Today, I would love to talk about the trait that all of us with ADHD actually have. ADHD is so difficult to diagnose because our brains are all wired so differently. What this means is that your symptoms probably don't look anything like mine. And that really bothered me because I'm a bottom line person and I have this constant need to always simplify. Sounds like an ADHD brain, doesn't it? One of the things that I noticed is whenever I would be talking about ADHD and I would go through the list with dozens and dozens of potential symptoms, the person who I'd be speaking with, their eyes would literally just glaze over. And I realized that it almost sounded like everyone could have ADHD, and I knew this wasn't true. I had the sense that there must be one or two symptoms that we all share in common, whether we have the hyperactive impulsive, the inattentive, or the combined presentation of ADD. You know, something that binds us all together, a place where we could all start regardless, because what I do know beyond anything else is that you can't change anything that's worth changing until you're able to understand yourself. And understanding myself and others better, that literally was my lifelong mission. So when I was speaking to people who thought, well, maybe I might have ADD or ADHD, I wanted to be able to do it in a way that would make sense to them and not throw a bunch of um, facts and symptoms at them that again, would just make their eyes glaze over. Again, I believe that what you focus on, you know, it gets bigger. So I I choose to focus on the positive. I know that I'm smart and I'm passionate when I'm really interested in something. And I definitely have that drivenness ADHD trait. I don't see my ADHD as a disorder. Yes, there are some pesky symptoms. I will admit that. I can't memorize anything. I regularly interrupt people because I can't pay attention to what they're saying if I'm at the same time trying to hold a question in my head. And I have an absolutely horrible sense of time. Regardless, I still don't see my ADHD as a disorder. And, you know, to the converse, I actually see many of 
the traits that I have as responsible for some of my greatest superpowers. So anyway, I did some research and I came across an article written by William Dodson. Now he's a board certified psychiatrist who has been treating hundreds of ADHD adults for the past, you know, 35 plus years. He too was curious about finding that one feature that everyone with ADHD has and that the non-ADD ADHD population doesn't have. And what he discovered that we all have in common is this, a unique ADHD nervous system. That's the one thing. And the hallmarks of the ADHD nervous system are inconsistent attention and an inability to self-regulate. You know, we struggle to calm ourselves down when we're upset and to cheer ourselves up when we're down. It's not that we have more emotion than a neurotypical brain. It's that we feel things more intensely than your non-ADHD person. So the thing that we have in common is our ADHD nervous system, which is, or our unique ADHD nervous system, which is also responsible for our intensity. As I've mentioned before, ADHD, it's on a continuum. It's more like height or intelligence or introversion or extroversion. So you have this curve where people fall all along it. And that means you may struggle with ADHD a lot or so slightly that you're not impaired at all. And frankly, you don't even know you have it. People might just call you, you know, intense and highly motivated um, and really focused because you're doing what you really love to be doing. And so your symptoms, well, you don't even notice them. I love William Dodson's comment that ADHD is not a damaged or defective nervous system. It's a nervous system that works well within its own set of rules. He goes on to argue that although we often associate ADHD with learning disorders, in fact, most people with ADHD have significantly higher than average IQs. And this is no surprise since scientists now agree that ideation is among our greatest strengths. We are literally idea machines. Dotson also states that we don't have a shortage of attention at all. The problem is the opposite. We pay too much attention to everything, and we have so many ideas swimming around in our brains. Our problem is that we know we're smart, we know we're creative, but we just don't know if those abilities are going to show up when we need them to show up. The fact that our abilities come and go throughout the day, well, basically that's the classic <laughs> Classic uh, symptom of ADHD, isn't it? So what we all have in common is this inconsistency in focus and intention and attention and our intensity. Before I go any further, let me talk about how a neurotypical brain will function if they need to get something done. And yeah, it's great if they're interested, if they're challenged or they have a deadline, but not having those things isn't the end of the world for them. They have three ways that they get things done. First, they do what's most important, you know, what they think they should get done. Second, they do what's of secondary importance, you know, what their teachers, their parents, their boss thinks they should get done. And third, they do what they get rewarded for doing or punished for not doing. Now, people with ADHD, they struggle with all of those things, right? 
Beyond that, we're disorganized in part because we don't think linearly, and most organizational systems are built on prioritization and time management. You know, we don't prioritize well, and we have no sense of time. So few of us with ADHD do well on those things either. So what's our workaround? Well, we know that the ADHD brain is wired for interest and not importance. If we're interested, that increases the dopamine in our brain. So that's how we can get around our inconsistency in focus and attention. This is why you can research for days all matter of subjects you're interested in. I can sit here and Google 100 hotels for my next vacation, but then forget to eat lunch or pick up my kids at school while, of course, I'm doing these things. And this is why your child can be raptly focused on video games for three hours straight, but can't do three minutes of homework. We must be intrigued or interested in what we're doing. What we have and what Dodson acknowledges that we have is an interest-based nervous system. So we know that when we're interested, we won't have the impairments or the executive function deficits. You see these kids really struggling in school. Well, of course they're struggling. They're learning what their teacher is telling them is important to learn. They're learning what their parents are telling them is important to learn. But the problem is it's not important to them. It's not interesting to them. Kids should be learning what they're passionate about, what's interesting to them. My son, he goes to a school where they work hard to teach writing, social studies, science, and math through what the kids are passionate about. You know, I believe that the mistake of education today is that we go wide instead of deep. If you have a kid that really, really loves a certain subject, why wouldn't you teach all these other subjects that you think are important that a child learns through those subjects? I mean, he would be focused. He would be attentive. He'd be hyper-focused, more than focused. So let's take it one step further. And, you know, no wonder Those with ADHD can't function in a boring job, right? Their boss tells them what to do. People with ADHD, first of all, they don't want to do things that they don't choose to do. And secondly, they certainly don't want other people telling them what to do. How else can you get the dopamine firing in your brain? What is another um, avenue that we can use to work around our, our brain challenges? Well, by being challenged. You know, my son was just limping along in Spanish until his Spanish teacher bumped him up and put him in the advanced Spanish class with a college textbook and then told him how difficult and challenging this class would be. Well, he just thrived. He absolutely loved it. He felt like he was being challenged. And that experience caused him to start focusing on other other languages and learning other languages because he had such a good experience with Spanish. And, you know, When he first started school, he didn't think he had any aptitude for languages, but once he was challenged, he realized, oh my gosh, I really do have an aptitude, and that encouraged him to study other languages. So he's really into languages now, which would have never happened had that Spanish teacher not challenged him. What else gets the ADHD brain moving? Well, competition does. You know, we have a lot of professional athletes with ADHD to support this. Serena Williams, Simone Biles, Michael Phelps, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson. You know, you're hyper-focused because you're interested in what you're doing, you're competitive, and you're driven. What a great combination. It sounds like a professional athlete, doesn't it? 
What else gets around our inconsistency in attention and focus? Well, deadlines. A sense of urgency also gets the dopamine firing in your brain. You've got to get it done, otherwise you're going to flunk. You've got to get it done, otherwise you're going to get fired. You've got to get it done, otherwise you're going to miss this big, huge opportunity that you will never have again. Well, that fires the dopamine in your brain too. But it's also what most of us have been doing, which it's not working that well, right? It's why we chronically procrastinate around the things that we really don't want to do. The neurotypical world has been created by those and for those with neurotypical brains. It's not a good fit for those of us with ADHD. So we have to create our own world. And the earlier we can do that, the better. And I should say we have to create our own world with our own set of rules that work for our brains. Adults with ADHD, they report more damage from parents, the school system, a bad fit job-wise than the actual ADHD itself. What can we do? Well, remember that whatever you focus on gets bigger, right? So let's focus on the good stuff instead of the challenges. Everyone needs to know who they are, what they value, what they're passionate about, so they can answer that, what do I do with my life question. But for those of us who are ADHD, it can literally be the difference between life and death. And I don't mean to sound alarmist, but the stats on anxiety and depression and addiction and car accidents and unwelcome pregnancy and suicide for untreated ADHD really supports just how important this is. We have so many ideas running around in our head, don't we? And it's hard to pick one. So instead, what do we do? We stall. We procrastinate. We do more research, which ultimately leads us to doing nothing. And that's the big mistake right then and there. You have a bunch of ideas around, running around in your head. You don't know which one to pick. Pick one. Pick your favorite one. If that doesn't work, pick any one and just start pursuing it. It may not be the perfect option, but it doesn't matter. You're going to start working on it. You're going to build your confidence. It's going to lead to other options. But this is the key. You have to start all of this by getting in your body and getting out of your head. You have to pay attention to how you feel. When you feel good, when you feel let up, when you feel happy, like you're exactly where you need to be, that's the signal, this little rudder in your body that you're moving in the right direction. So you know what you're going to do? When you feel that feeling, you're going to do more of that. And then you're going to try new things and you're going to test them in your body by constantly asking yourself, how do I feel? In this way, you can consistently reach for a better feeling. Your path, it's not going to be a straight line. It'll bob and weave. It'll move forward. Sometimes you'll have to take a few steps backwards, but it doesn't matter because all of this will serve to make your path forward even clearer, and yourself more confident. You know, I know that when I'm forced to do administrative tasks, I feel terrible. I procrastinate, I don't do it, and then guess what? I feel worse about myself. But when I get to do anything that has to do with what I love, which always involves people, I literally lose track of time. I'm fulfilled. I feel like my work, work has meaning. I'm happy. So following my own advice, I am going to do more of that. And then the administrative tasks that I dislike so much, I hire someone to do them, or I ask a friend or my husband to help me. 
you're not going to be good at everything. You don't have to be good at everything. Farm those things out and focus on what you're passionate about, what you're naturally good at, what you love to do. In those areas, you're going to hyperfocus, which means that you're going to be better at doing them than most everyone. We now know that to engage our focus and attention, we have to do things that are intriguing, interesting, or challenging to us. You know, fear does that too, but that's really a horrible way to live. And if the only way you can ever get anything done is to procrastinate, to wait until the last minute, well, we already talked about this. It's, it's really not working, right? It's just a source of anxiety and stress and who wants to live like that? You're going to look for what makes you feel engaged, interested, competitive, challenged, and lit up. And then you're going to really pay attention when you feel this way. You're going to ask yourself, what are you doing? Where are you when you're doing it? Are you always in nature? Are you always with animals? Are you always with people? What do all those times have in common? Then ask yourself, who are you helping? The best purposes in life are those that give meaning to your past. If you're doing something you love and you're helping someone else not have to struggle through what you went through, those turn out to be just the best purposes in life. You know, we are taught to shore up our weaknesses. If you're like me and you're terrible at administrative duties, I say hire an assistant. If you're terrible at writing copy, hire a copywriter. If you're terrible at math or science or balancing your checkbook, Hire a financial advisor or someone to pay your bills. Figure out a workaround if it's a necessity of life. Then you're going to have time to work within your area of hyperfocus, which I promise you, you're going to excel at. Forget about the weaknesses. Stop trying to shore them up yourself. Shore them up with other people that can help you. Those of us with ADHD, we have a unique brain wiring, which means that my formula that works for me is going to be different than your formula that works for you. And you're the only person who can figure out that formula. Your parents can't do that for you. Your boyfriend can't do it for you. Your spouse can't do that for you. Your boss can't figure that out for you. And I'm not just talking about what you pursue school-wise or career-wise or relationship-wise, but also what are the strategies that you employ to extend your attention and focus? You can nod to your strengths, obviously, but many of us get stuck doing a lot of things that we're really great at, we don't really love them, and we end up doing them for a long, long time, sometimes the rest of our lives. For those of us with ADHD, for long-term success and happiness, we need to do what we have passionate interest for. It's the only way for us to bring meaning to our life. We're never going to be happy fitting in because... That's not who we are, and that's not where we can be our best selves. We'll never be able to compete against the rest of the population who thinks linearly, who's always organized, who's always on time, who's always reliable, because we just physically can't. Quite simply, that means that you need to ask yourself, what am I really passionate about? What am I better than, than everyone else at? What do I do that I can hope hyper-focus at every single time? We will never fit in. So the real question you need to ask yourself is, where do I stand out? And that's how you work with an interest-based nervous system. 
As always, you're listening to ADHD for Smartass Women. If you have a comment to this podcast, feel free to contact me. If you like what you're hearing, drop us a review. If you have a guest you'd like me to interview or you have a topic or idea that you think we should mention or go into, feel free to reach out to me at Tracy at TracyOtsuka.com. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next week. You've been listening to the ADHD for Smartass Women podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Otsuka, and we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. If you liked what you heard, we sure would appreciate a review. And not coincidentally, ADHD for Smartass Women, well, that's also the name of our free Facebook group. Go look it up. We're a totally smart-ass community of successful, ambitious women who share our ADHD wins, questions, and workarounds. We'd love to have you join us. You can also find all my details over at tracyoutsuka.com. Don't forget, I spy a happier life for us, and I'll see you again next week.